You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org.
Christmas, everybody. Glad that you guys have chosen to spend part of your Christmas here at Kingsway with us. We're glad that we get to the, op the opportunity to celebrate together our King Jesus born this Christmas day. We celebrate him, everything that he brings with him, the hope that we find in him, the life, the love. And so we're gonna sing, lift him high in praise. Come on, let's sing together as one voice and one church here today.
You guys can have a seat. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining, whether you're in-house or online. Special yes. welcome to you guys. My name That's is right. Kyle Krober, the Outreach Pastor. Yes, and I'm Danielle Smalley, the Communications Director here. So, Kyle, what, what, what is an Outreach Pastor? Well, it's kind of a fun job. We have a <laughs> bunch of partners locally and yes. globally, so I get to connect our people to our partners and different uh, ministry opportunities that are going on. So... Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. awesome. That's and awesome. communications, I assume you're kind of doing your job like right, right now. Right, yes. So. A lot of this is what I do is talking <laughs> and listening. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. Well, this is our first time. Well, actually, you sometimes have a side gig on Sundays. I do. What is it yeah. that you get to do? The side gig is actually here at church as well. So I used to be a teacher and the kids ministry team, they asked me to come teach sometimes. So uh, I just filled in on Sunday and we had kind of a fun experience. Oh, yeah? We were talking about Jesus being born, of course. And I said, I had a question for you. So here's the question. Is Jesus fully human or is he fully God? Hmm. And I barely got the question out of my mouth and this little kid in the front, in the front seat was like, both! And I'm like, oh. yes, here's your seminary <laughs> degree. You're exactly right. He is both. And we had a great conversation about that. That and is so that awesome. Yeah. Kids, you know, they, we got to give them credit. They're smarter right. than we think sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is our first time getting to host an yeah. event like this together. It's kind of fun. It is fun. Kind we of have, something new. Yeah, kind yeah. of new. And maybe maybe you're new. Maybe you're visiting Kingsway for the first time. Maybe you're checking us out online and maybe you knew we existed or you stumbled across us. But we are so excited you're here. And if you would let us know, we would love the opportunity to connect and get to know you. You can text the word CONNECT to the number you should see on your screen, 317-565-4911. And one of our staff will be in touch and reach out and just say hi. You know, what brings you to Kingsway? Yeah, we'd love to hear your story. I know this yeah. year has been very difficult for a lot of people. And yeah. some people maybe have had great years. And so people come in uh, feeling all different kinds of emotions. But uh, it certainly has changed kind of the way that we do things, especially during the holiday season. Yes. So what's kind of been different for you and your family this year? Yes. Um, so me and the kids and my husband were transplants. We're not naturally or originally from Indiana. But, you know, I grew up in New England and he grew up down south in Georgia. And so usually Thanksgiving, Christmas, we are visiting family. They come to travel here and that is definitely not happening, and it probably won't for another half a year or so. Yeah, so with hard. a lot of changes, we yep. have some things that don't change, and that's the whole reason why we're sitting here today. Yeah. It is the Christmas story, and uh, COVID's not going to stop that, so we're here to celebrate. And we love here, right. yeah, give it up yes. for Jesus, right? Give it up for Jesus. <laughs> Woo. So we, uh, we love hearing stories from different perspectives, and we have a really neat video that is told from a kid's perspective. And so give your attention to the screen for a unique telling of the birth of Jesus. There was this girl named Mary. She loved the God very much. But one day, an angel appeared. Mary was so surprised and kind of scared. But the angel said, don't be scared. You're going to have a baby. Then Mary said, how can I have a baby? I'm not even married. But the angel said, It's alright, the baby will be God's son, Jesus. Mary was supposed to marry a guy named Joseph. She said, I'm going to have a baby. And Joseph was pretty surprised too. Right before the baby was gonna be born, Joseph and Mary went on a long trip to a town called Bethlehem.
but when they got to Bethlehem, that was so full of people. Nobody had room for them, except that innkeeper remembered he had the one place out back. There weren't even any beds, but that was nice and warm. Nobody knew about Jesus yet, but there was some shepherds just out of town. The angels showed up and the shepherds for night. Oh no, what's happening? But the angels said, don't be scared. We have something really, really awesome to tell you. God's son Jesus has been born. He's in Bethlehem, wrapped up in a blanket. The shepherds were super excited. Sometime later, some wise men were living far away from baby Jesus. But God sent them a special star. The kings followed this special star a long way, a really long way. Star showed the man right where Mary Joseph and baby Jesus were. They even bought special gifts for baby Jesus. Then they had a big celebration because they were so glad that God sent baby Jesus. That night was the best night ever. Awesome. I love that story. I love seeing that from a kid's perspective. Yes. Did you catch the shepherd floss? I did. You see that? Yeah, that the dance, dance move. My, it's been around for a while, apparently. There's some Crocs on one of those kids, too. I didn't know those <laughs> have been around forever. <laughs> Crocs. That's awesome. So did anybody else go out and see the, the Bethlehem star the other night? <laughs> yeah. So my family got in our van and we drove out to the end of the neighborhood to try and see because we got some trees mm-hmm. that are obscuring the view. And um, we were looking. We thought we saw it. We're like, oh, there it is. Cool. Let's go home. We get back in the van. And my youngest son, Rigsby, says, no, there it is. Look at that. We're like, what? We looked outside. We must have missed it. Like, there was a huge star. We're like, what in the world? Oh, wow. So we get out. Like, there it is. We're looking at it. And all of a sudden, the star has red and green blinking lights next to it, and it gets closer and closer, and it was an airplane, but for about 10 seconds, we thought that's probably what it looked like, and that was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys, you have a tradition with the Christmas story I've heard? We do, yeah? yes. Like, every, growing up, my dad, every, it was Christmas Eve, we read, that yeah. before we went to bed, from the Bible, the, the birth of Jesus story, and uh, didn't tell it quite like that, but very similar every year. Yeah, same here. My grandpa would always read the story. And uh, of course, the presents are all sitting there. We're yes. like, come on, grandpa, finish the story. But it took forever. But um, it's a great tradition. So we want to invite you guys into yes. kind of that family tradition here at Kingsway. We're going to read the Christmas story. Yes. It's going to be from Matthew, though, not the typical Luke chapter two. So the lights are coming on. If you want to grab a Bible in front of you, yep. um, the book of Matthew is the first um, book of the New Testament. Uh, chapter one, we're going to be reading verses 18 through 23. Yes. So you can join us. Yes. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. 
But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us.
agradecido. Christmas. That's really good. Good to see all of you. We're really glad you're here with us. Is, is it evening yet? Whatever, whatever it is right now, we're really glad you're here with us and uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smells. I love when I come home right now, like five or six in the evening, and it's, it's starting to get dark, and people have their lights on as I'm driving in our neighborhood. I love going in and plugging in my lights. I love that our tree is decorated, and there's presents underneath it. Every day, my kids ask us how many days are left till Christmas. I love it. I love it all. And we had family over this week, and we opened presents, and we're going to open some more tomorrow with our own kids. And I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited. I love Christmas. So, when you're doing Christmas and you're gathered around and you've got the kids and the grandparents or whatever, whichever group you fit in there, have you ever had a moment where you gave a present to somebody and they were a little bit disappointed? Every parent in the room has been here. Have you ever received a present that you were just a little bit disappointed? Yeah? Remember like that pair of socks? right? Or that tie, or you got underwear, or you were a kid and it was any clothing item. Maybe, unless maybe it was a girl. I don't know. As a boy, it was like, oh, great. Like, that's not at all what I wanted. I remember when I was a little guy, uh, we used to play hide and go seek. And our, our house was like the place where the kids in the neighborhood would gather. And my parents had a finished basement. So we'd use like the downstairs level in the basement and we would go down there and we'd play. And there was this one spot back where the spiders and the monsters lived all the way back by the, the water softener. And there were boxes back there where my parents just kept whatever storage stuff they didn't want. So I went back there one time and I never had the guts to hide back there, but I'd gotten to the age where I was ready. And so I went back there and I hid and nobody found me. So after a while, I just came out of hiding and I was like, this is great. I found the best hiding spot ever. Nobody found me. I came out, turned myself in. I won the game. I was the last one. And two weeks later, everybody's back in my house. Everybody wanted to play hide and seek again. And so I decided to go back there. And this time there's a blanket over the boxes. And so I get inside the boxes and I pull the blanket over my head. And I notice that there's new pokes. And I don't think it's any spiders or monsters. And I find where my parents hid the Christmas presents. And I was stoked. I was stoked because I could see a little bit and actually snuck back down later and checked out the boxes and, and I found the spot and I found that I was getting a boom box. Now, 
If you are under 40, you may not know what a boombox is. It's like an iPod that you carry on your shoulders, okay? Like, the later you're going to have to Google this and find out for yourself. But I was so excited, and it wasn't huge, but I was so excited. And so Christmas Day came, and I've kind of narrowed it down. I've kind of set aside, like, the three presents that I think have to be. One of those is, is like, the one. And I'm watching, I'm watching, watching, and my sister ends up opening a boombox. I'm like, that's so cool. They got us, like, each one, so we'd have to fight over it. And I kept opening, and third to last one, second to last one, last one, no boombox. Turns out it was my gift that I found. It was hers. And I was so disappointed. <laughs> Have you been there? Like, you know what that feels like? You're like, I've been asking for X and I got Y. Like, what in the world? Well, this may be the world's worst comparison. But did you know that in the first century when Jesus was born, it was a lot like that? See, for centuries, the Israelites had been in captivity, hundreds of years. They'd gone from various rulers reigning over them. They'd gone through Persia and, and, and Greece and, and the Babylonians. And now here they were, Romans ruling over them. And the Romans had a terrible taxation. Plus, they tried to force everybody to worship their gods. And they could just be oppressive at times. In fact, the taxation was so bad, Roman taxation, and it did a lot of good things like build roads and all these other things, but it was just terrible on a people that really didn't have a lot of resources. And so what happened is the, the Jewish people who would work for the Roman government, they were allowed to charge the Roman tax and then add on to it their own tax, and people despised them. In fact, the guy, Matthew, who wrote the passage that they just read to us a little bit ago, he was a tax collector. And what's interesting is how many times you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it says there were many uh, sinners and tax collectors following Jesus. Well, tax collectors apparently are like their own category of sinner, like sinners and those guys, like they all follow Jesus. Why is that exactly? And part of the reason is they want to let you know just how radical the message of Jesus was. Okay, so Matthew, that tax collector, he writes about Jesus' birth. And the way we're looking at this is not through the lens of Luke 2, but through the lens of Matthew and what he remembers about the story is Gabriel coming to Jesus' daddy, earthy, earthly daddy, not heavenly daddy, that's God, earthly daddy, and he comes to Joseph and he tells him he's coming. And let's remind ourselves again, real quick, Matthew 1, 21, what the angel told him. I guess we don't know that it's Gabriel, but what the angel said. She will give birth to a son, that's Mary, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Just look at that part right there. Save his people from their sins. Again, the Jewish people have been under uh, rule and reign for hundreds and hundreds of years. Each ruler got more oppressive than the one before. They'd been told through the Old Testament prophecies that one day a Messiah is coming, a king, an anointed one, and he's going to overthrow the government, and he's going to rule and reign with a righteous hand and a just scepter, and he's going to bring peace on earth. And they're picturing a Solomon-like king who's going to do all these great things, and the people are going to flourish, and life will be wonderful. But then he's born to this really poor couple in the middle of nowhere with a little bit of a disappointment. In fact, we see it when Herod finds out that he's coming. He doesn't throw a party to welcome the king. Instead, he puts out an order to have all the babies in a certain area killed to try to eliminate the king. Not a lot of excitement, not a lot of hoopla. And that one phrase in there, he came to save us from our sins? Where's his army? <laughs> Maybe the reason he's coming was different than we always thought. A guy named Paul, 
He's uh, one of the apostles. He actually wrote about this later in the book of Romans. And he actually goes even further. Look at what he says. Romans chapter five, verse eight. He says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let that sink in for a second. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, Jesus didn't wait for you to clean up your life. He didn't wait for you to figure it out. He didn't wait for you to put it all together. He just went ahead and came and did what was best for you and what was best for me. Yes, for me. And for your kids and for your parents and for your grandparents and for your grandkids one day, he did this for you. Why? Because God is in the business of giving us gifts that we need more than gifts that we want. If God had given us, maybe we should say, if God had given the Israelites what they had been asking for in a Messiah, we would all be regretting it to this day. We didn't need another Solomon. We needed a savior. Take a look. Paul actually goes on two verses later and he lets us know just how desperate the situation is. Romans chapter five, verse 10, A, he says this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. So he goes further. In verse eight, he says, we're sinners. In verse 10, he says, you're not just sinners. You're actually, it's worse than that, you're enemies. Enemies with God. Welcome to Christmas at Kingsway 2020. And you thought COVID was bad, right? (laughs) Now listen, I realize if you're visiting with us today, you're like, what in the world is all this about? This is huge for understanding why God gave us this gift. Why angels show up and to shepherds in the field. Why everybody starts singing songs. Why the whole story is mind boggling is because we didn't realize how bad the situation was until he showed up on the scene. And then we realized just how far we have become separated from God. But here's the thing. God is in the business of bringing us back to himself. If you go all the way back to the garden, when Adam and Eve first sinned, what we see is already the first prophecy in all of scripture is God says, one day, one day, you're going to have a baby. And this snake is going to bite his heel, but you're going to crush his head. That baby's going to crush his head. And so with each subsequent generation, every time a baby comes along, everybody gets excited. Is this the one that God told us about? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Abraham, not yet. Moses, not yet. David, not yet. Daniel, not yet. Elijah, not yet. And on and on and on it goes until now the angels show up and it's like, and here he is. And here he is. Because the root of the Christmas story isn't about guys running around in red velvet. Don't get me wrong. It's pretty cool. Am I right? It's not about reindeer. It's not about stockings or lights. It's not about candy and cookies. All these things are wonderful, aren't they? But at the end of the day, it's about the fact that I needed a savior way more than I ever realized. In fact, a guy named Timothy Keller, he says it this way. You are more sinful than you ever dared imagine. And you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare hope at the same time. So when we get a picture of just how dark the real story was, we get an idea of just how bright the light really is. Because the light always shines brightest in the darkness. 
And this is what Jesus revealed to us. Our problem wasn't out there. Our problem was in here. The problem wasn't the Roman government. The problem wasn't the evil religious leaders in, in Jerusalem who were not leading well. The problem was this in here. I had a problem and I needed a savior and I needed it fixed and so do you. And this is why we gather on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day with our family and friends and loved ones. It's not just presents, it's good, but it's because God gave us in his son Jesus the greatest present ever given. In fact, Paul goes on in Romans 5 and verse, the end of verse 10 and 11, he says this, we will certainly be saved by the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. It's a complete overhaul of the relationship. I was an enemy, now I'm a friend. Do you get that? That's so crazy powerful. Do you have any enemies? I, I don't have any enemies that I am aware of. And this is what makes it hard for me sometimes. Like, okay, I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. You could pray for me later, okay? But like our enemy would have been like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so like I was taught in my home to boo and hiss at the Steelers when they come on. And then I met really nice Steelers fans like Andy Lynch. You guys know Andy Lynch who works here? Yeah, you guys like Andy Lynch? For those of you who know Andy, you can't miss Andy. When you walk out there, he's like the tallest person in the room, unless Augie's here. He's super tall. You'll love him. He's the nicest guy in the world. If you don't like Andy, you got a problem. It's not an Andy problem. And he's a Steelers fan. And we should pray for him. We really should. But he's not an enemy. Like one time when I was in high school, I got in this whatever wrestling match with this kid and he kind of picked me up, body slammed me on the ground. Um, and, and I was embarrassed. And I was mad at him for like years. So I was an adult and I was like, this is stupid. We were in high school. It was one moment. Why am I so angry at this guy? I don't like considering him an enemy. But see, when God looked at me and my sin, his perspective towards me was enemy. Did you realize it was that bad? Did you realize the situation was that bleak, that hopeless, that dark? But God never stopped pursuing. He kept coming and chasing and trying to grab hold of me, just like he's doing to you right now. Because God wants you, not just for now, but for eternity. He wants to know you. He wants to love you. He wants to change you from somebody separated from him to somebody who can call him friend. And what do we do with our friends? Don't we spend time with them? When somebody comes to you and they're a really good friend and they say, hey man, you want to hang out and watch the football game together? Doesn't something inside you, even if it's not fitting your schedule, go, oh man, I want to make that happen. When a friend comes to you and says, you want to come over and drink some hot chocolate and eat some cookies? Don't you go, yeah. Hey, man, I got a bounce house. You want to come over and jump at the bounce house with me? You bet I do. And that's just for the adults in the room. Like, don't you want to be with your friends? This is how God looks at you. You are separated from him by sin, but he doesn't want to leave it there. He wants to come and bounce with you. He wants to come and hang out. He wants to be your friend, to walk with you through all of the good, all of the bad, all of the highs, all of the lows, so that even when life is disappointing, he's with you. That's why it says in Matthew 1, 23, 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Twenty twenty has been, uh, as I joked last Sunday, the hardest ten years of our life. It's been hard, hasn't it? There were many times throughout the last year, maybe like you, that I've been disappointed. Disappointed that I can't get together with friends the way I want to. Disappointed that I couldn't at one point go travel to see my family when we had it planned and scheduled to do so. Disappointed that I can get to take the vacation that I wanted to take. Disappointed as I watched some people that I knew and loved die. Disappointed at just the way our world is fighting and arguing and bickering. I was disappointed. My disappointment hit a peak about a month ago. Um, I'd been praying and praying and praying for months. See, my, my um, mom has been through two bouts of breast cancer and because her lungs have been just wreaked havoc on from the treatments. And so I've been praying and praying for months and God, please don't let her get COVID. God, please don't let her get COVID because I had built up in my mind that if she got it, she was gonna die. And about a month ago, both of my parents were diagnosed with it. And when I found out, I, was, I remember exactly where I was. I had just dropped some stuff off at Goodwill and I was sitting in the parking lot when I got the text and I just pulled over and I just wept. I mean, I just wept uncontrollably for 30 minutes. I just, lit, I, every time I'd stop, I'd just start again because I'd worked up in my head, this was it. Now, so you don't have to send me a text message or email later. Both of my parents are doing fantastic, praise God. They're both recovering really, really well. But it didn't look that way for a little while. Both of them at one point ended up in the hospital and it was pretty serious for both of them. And I had to, in that moment, I had to wrestle with my disappointment with God. Like, God, I've been asking. This isn't the gift that I asked for. This isn't the way that I asked for it. And what God kept saying back to me is, Matt, do you still trust me even when I don't do what you expect me to do the way that you expect me to do it? Let me ask you a question. Do you still trust God when he doesn't do what you expect him to do the way that he expects you to do it? Because Jesus being with us, us being a friend of God, it means that things are not always going to go as you had hoped or even as you had prayed, and God is no less good. He loves you. It's a faith-building moment and opportunity for us all. God with us means that if you don't know if your job is going to last because of everything going on right now, God is still with us you. And if you have a loved one who's sick with Corona or something else, God is still with you. And if you're not sure that 2021 is going to be any better than it is today, God is still with you. And tomorrow, or perhaps tonight, if you're gathering with friends and there's something broken, it's not the way it was supposed to be like everything else in 2020. Rather than be disheartened and lose hope, just remember, God is still with you. It means something today, just like it did 2,000 years ago. This is why when Jesus is about to go up into heaven and he's saying goodbye to the disciples and he says this very powerful last phrase, the very last thing he says to them is, and I am with you always, even until the very end. 
but you're not here. I can't see you. I can't grab you. I can't hold you. What does it mean? It means I'm still here even when you can't see me. And this, my friends, is the power of Christmas. God came into the world, took on flesh, and dwelt among us so that we would always know we have a friend in him. At the next service at six o'clock, we had two baptisms scheduled, but one of them got sick and won't be able to make it. We still have one scheduled, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. What a great day to mark new life in Jesus Christ. But I wanted to tell you that because I wanted you to know you might not have come tonight expecting to make any kind of crazy decision, and you put on a lot of cool clothes and makeup expecting that you were going to be all dolled up for Christmas Eve to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But if you don't have a relationship yet with God through Jesus Christ, I want to invite you into that story. That You don't have to go through life alone. You can go through life with God on your side as your friend, and that is open to you tonight. When the service is over, just go to our Connect Hub and say, hey, I want to know more about what it means to have a, a, a relationship with Jesus. If you, if you see anybody out there wearing a red suit coat, you can always come up to him and ask. He'll take care of you, all right? I'll point you to the right people if you don't know where to go. I won't be hard to miss, okay? But don't let a moment go by without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, what I want to do is I want to close us in prayer tonight, but I want to close with one piece of advice, okay? Here we go. Tomorrow. Before you open up all the presents, before you get into all that, however you do it, like when I was a kid, my mom was a nurse, we'd wake up at five or six in the morning to do it because she had to go to work. Whenever you do it, whoever you gather with, pick up your Bible, go to either Matthew 1 and 2 or Luke chapter 2, all of them or either of them is fine, and just read the Christmas story and remind each other the real reason we do this isn't for all the cool traditions that have popped up over the years, it's because God loved us so much that he gave us his only son. And then remind each other, I am a friend of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the greatest gift, the one we never asked for, but the one we so desperately needed, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And God, let it not escape us for a minute. This is the same Jesus that John, in the beginning of his book, tells us he literally fashioned the entire world with his hands. He made it all. He put the stars in their place. He put the birds in the sky. He put the animals scattered all over the earth and he made us, him. He became one of us to dwell among us, to be God with us always. God, I pray for every person in this room who knows you and loves you. May this message encourage our hearts. You are our friend tuned in, dialed into our lives right now. And for those who have never actually taken the step of faith, they've been dabbling with you, wondering about you, pondering you for a long time. God, take this message tonight, plant a seed deep in their heart and may it grow into faith, life-saving, eternal faith in you. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.
come on church let's sing together again let's lift him up we sing oh come oh come let us is with us. Yes, He is. And what an awesome concept to grasp. And we know that many of you coming here, um, maybe still checking out who Jesus is. And you hear God is with you, but you're not sure what that means yet. We've got a team ready to talk That's to you if right. you want. That's right. Our Connect team will be here right down front. They're also at the Connect Hub out in the lobby for those of you joining us in person. If you're online and you need to talk, you need to pray. I was just chatting with someone asking for prayer right now. You can do that. You can text the word CONNECT to 317-565-4911 and we are here for you. This is a hard season. It's a joyful one, but it's a hard one. Yeah, just a reminder, this Sunday we will be meeting virtually. We'll not be here in this building, but we'll be meeting That's together right. and you can engage with us yep. uh, online. And we also have our kids uh, have put together an awesome kids program. So we've got something great. for you guys as well. It's super fun. The kids one. If you have kids, you got to check it out. They're going to have a blast watching that. So follow us on social media or head to our website, kingswaychurch.org for the link to be able to engage with that as soon as tomorrow and throughout the rest of the weekend. Yep. Have a great Christmas, guys. That's right. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.